One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Paul's writing to the Corinthians, and he says, But the man who isn't a Christian can't understand and can't accept these thoughts from God, which the Holy Spirit teaches us. They sound foolish to him because only those who have the Holy Spirit within them can understand what the Holy Spirit means. Others just can't take it in. Well, Isaiah's question in chapter 40 of Isaiah, verse 13, when he says, Is there anyone around who knows God's Spirit? Anyone who knows what he is doing? Well, it's answered. It has been answered. Christ knows, and we have Christ's Spirit. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. Hello, everyone. I'm Neil Parks. You know what the amazing thing about the Word of God is? That it's amazing. We have been studying through the parable of the ten virgins. And when Jesus spoke this to his twelve followers in Matthew 25... I truly believe the importance of the difference between the wise and the foolish virgins is so key to our walk of faith in him that if this is not understood, and sadly it's not, it becomes a make-it-or-break-it situation between heaven and hell. Well, my wife and I have had the privilege to teach kindergarten through third grade at our local church. And I am totally amazed at how God's creation, his little image bearers at that age, pick up the truths and wisdom and can process his word with the greatest of ease. Now, 40 years ago, a friend of mine gave me a VHS tape. That's a long time ago. It was a program that was about the study of children and their ability to learn. In the study, it proved that from birth to the age of five years old, a person learns at the fastest rate of their entire life. But you see, God's Word also tells us the very same thing. Look what Proverbs 22 verse 6 says. Train up a child in the way he or she should go, when and then when they are old, they will not depart from it. And then again in Proverbs 4.1, Hear, O children, the instruction of a father, and pay attention, and be willing to learn, so that you may gain understanding and intelligent discernment. Well, the Lord created mankind to be taught, and to learn. That's just the long and the short of it. Now, Apostle John, in chapter 6, verse 45, I love what the message says here. John is telling us that this is what the prophets meant when they wrote, and Jesus is speaking, and then they will all be personally taught by God. 
anyone who has spent any time at all listening to the Father, really listening, and therefore learning, comes to me, Jesus, to be taught personally, to see it with his own eyes, to hear it with his own ears from me, since I have it firsthand from the Father. No one has seen the Father except the one who has his being alongside the Father. And you can see me. That's Jesus speaking. Jesus is speaking about being taught by the Father. Now look what Hebrews 5 and 8 says. Although he, Jesus, was a son who had never been disobedient to the Father, he learned active special obedience through what he suffered. With all that said, wisdom, we have to conclude that wisdom is also taught. The Bible teaches whoever is wise will observe these things, and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Look what Psalm 64 verse 9 says, All men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider his doing. Now, this whole parable about the ten virgins is about wise versus foolish. This whole parable is about life and death. This whole parable is maybe the most important understanding about our existence as people. Look what Matthew 25, as we begin that parable, and when Jesus is saying, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Verse 12, jump down to verse 12, it says, But he answered to the five with initially no oil, the foolish ones, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. You know, this this whole thing is about relationship. Foolish people are clueless. Foolish people are all about the things of the world. Is this wisdom not paramount in our witness to our families, to our children, to our friends, and for that matter, anyone we come in contact with in this millisecond of time that we call life. This is our purpose as followers of Christ. The last thing to come out of the Lord's mouth while he was walking here on earth after the resurrection was our commission. By the way, that is what he spoke in Matthew 28. But he also spoke it in Acts 1, verses 8 and 9. Verse uh, 8 says, Here, Jesus speaking, 
Here's the knowledge you need. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses first here in Jerusalem, then beyond to Judea and Samaria, and finally to the furthest places on earth. Verse 9 says, As he finished this commission, he began to rise from the ground before their eyes until the clouds obscured him from their vision. Now, folks, we've got a commission. We've got a purpose. And we are to be taught by the Holy Spirit. That's what he's telling us. I want to read Matthew Henry's commentary about this. Matthew Henry says that their power for this work, that's us, their powers for this work should be sufficient. They had not strength of their own for it, nor wisdom, nor courage enough. They were naturally of the weak and foolish things of the world. They durst not appear as witnesses for Christ upon his trial, neither as yet were they able. And that's why Jesus said, But you shall receive the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you. Shall be You shall be animated and actuated by a better spirit than your own. You shall have power to preach the gospel and to prove it out of the scriptures of the Old Testament, which, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they did to admiration and to confirm it both by miracles and by sufferings. Note what Christ says, Note Christ's witness shall receive power for that work to which he calls them. Those whom he employs in his service, he will qualify for it. That their influence should be great and very extensive. Jesus went on to say, You shall be witnesses for Christ and shall carry his cause in Jerusalem. There you must begin, and many there will receive your testimony, and those that do not will be left inexcusable. Your light shall thence shine throughout all Judea. There before you have labored in vain, thence you shall proceed to Samaria, though at your first mission you were forbidden to preach in any of the cities of the Samaritans. Your usefulness shall reach to the uttermost parts of the earth, and you shall be blessings to the whole world. Now, Matthew Henry's commentating on what Jesus was proclaiming to his people. But this same thing that Jesus was saying in Acts 1, 8 and 9, as he was taken away at that moment, applies to, yes, us. Yes, we are to be witnesses 
for him as we live this life, this millisecond compared to eternity. We are to, we are to labor for him and for his glory. Well, folks, that will do it for today. I hope you can join us next week for more of God's wisdom. And by the way, if you have friends or relatives, you've heard me say this many times, that come to mind as you listen, please invite them, and comments are always welcome as well at this address, fillthelamp at yahoo.com, all one word, fillthelamp at yahoo.com. Let me pray for you. Father God, I just lift up all these listeners wherever they are. They all have concerns. They're all wanting to grow or they wouldn't be listening. Father God, we are, we are wanting more of you. We want more of your wisdom. We don't want to be like the foolish virgins. We want more of you. We want to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lord, so I lift up these people that are listening right now, wherever they at, maybe driving a car, maybe at home, maybe on their lunch break. I don't know where they're at, Lord, but I ask you to reach out and touch their hearts. And I do it in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Well, until next time, this is Neil Parks.